This is 128 Bits, a podcast about the most influential period of video games, what is known as the sixth generation, the Dreamcast, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era. And on every episode, we will discuss one standout title from the generation and talk about its greatness, including its critical reception at the time, our favorite and least favorite things, its legacy, and what it would look like today. I'm your host, Rodrigo Nunez, and today I'm joined by Adrian and Joseph, and we're going to talk about arguably the most influential action game of this generation. I'm talking, of course, about Resident Evil 4. Uh, so first of all, how are you guys? How are you, Joe? Doing good. Yeah. Excited to talk about this one. It's yeah. one of my favorites of this generation, for sure. <laughs> Adrian, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's go into the background of the game. Um Resident Evil 4 is a third-person shooter slash action game developed by Capcom Production Studio 4 and published by Capcom, released on the GameCube first on January 11th, 2005, and later on the PS2 on October 25th, 2005. But I think we mostly played it on the GameCube, right? I know I did. Uh, Joe, I did. you did too? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I borrowed my college roommate's... I, I co-opted his uh, GameCube <laughs> uh, that early year. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, well, that makes sense. This is... You are already... Yeah, you... One year ahead, so I was still in high school when this came out. Yeah, this was, uh. this was a dorm game for me, playing it on, like, a 24-inch CRT. Oh, nice. Yeah, that experience would have been different than mine. Um, but, uh, yeah, development on Resident Evil 4 started way back in 1999, and there was about four versions of the game before they arrived at what would end up being the actual Resident Evil 4. So we kind of already spoke about this in an earlier game, but the first iteration of Resident Evil 4 was directed by Hideki Kamiya of Beautiful Joe fame, who decided it was time to make Resident Evil much cooler, but the game was so different, in part due to completely forgoing the survival horror feel, that it ended up being spun off into its own franchise, and that became Devil May Cry. Um, so yeah, Devil May Cry started off as Resident Evil 4, but Kamiya was just like, no, I want guns and juggling with guns and all of these weird things. And uh, Action. Yeah, and Shinji Mikami was like, no, that's that's a different game. Uh, so that was the first crack at it. Then two years later, development started up again. And this time, the game was first announced in November of 2002 as part of the Capcom 5. Again, we've mentioned the Capcom 5 before, but it's a group of games that was going to save the GameCube. Um like, yeah, like we touched on it on the Beautiful Joe episode because Beautiful Joe was one of the Capcom 5, but Resident Evil 4 was undeniably the biggest title of the five and immediately had the most hype. Uh, but even after that, the game didn't stop changing. At this stage, it was still survival horror and starred Leon Kennedy infiltrating Umbrella's main headquarters where he would be injected with the progenitor virus and uh, his left like it gave his left hand some special power and the game featured first person shooting parts, but that's about everything that it had in common with what ended up happening. Bioshock. <laughs> yeah, because in 2003, Capcom showed a different version of the game, which is called the Hookman version because the trailer features Leon fighting a guy slash ghost who fights with a giant hook. And in this version, there's no more Umbrella Corp infiltration. Instead, Leon is in some sort of haunted mansion with like living dolls and suits of armor that move around. Um, but in this version is where the over the shoulder camera angle was introduced as well as laser sights for aiming. I'm sorry, but give me this game also. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, the trailer for this one with like little dolls jumping off and stuff like that was super freaky for me yeah. at the time. Um, and yeah, the, the hook man was, was iconic because it was just, I, I think like when he tries to shoot him, you can see that, like his, his body is see-through and stuff like that. Um, it, it looked pretty cool. Um, next came the shortest lift version, which dubbed as the hallucination version, which was <laughs> deemed too formulaic and it was canceled until we finally arrived at what, at what would become the release version. So like all of these previous versions had different directors and writers and all this good stuff. But after so many people failed, Shinji Mikami, who was the original series creator, took the reins of Resident Evil 4, and one of his first big decisions was to go away from the, quote, survival horror that was emblematic of Resident Evil. So this is a huge decision, and Mikami said that after seeing Resident Evil Zero launched earlier on the GameCube, 
he really didn't want anything more of the same. And other people on the staff also echoed the same sentiments, even saying that Resident Evil had become too much of the same, so there was some talent drain occurring. There were people that were so fed up in making the same stuff over and over that they were leaving Capcom to go work on other stuff. Still, there were some people on staff who were huge fans of the genre and were hesitant to embrace Mikami's vision. Uh, going right along with the departure from survival horror came the departure from Umbrella Corp and even zombies altogether. Instead of zombies, the main enemies are possessed villagers known as ganado or cattle. And the game also does away with pre-rendered backgrounds of the previous Resident Evil games and features the iconic behind-the-shoulder camera view, which zooms in when drawing a weapon and aiming with laser sights. This allows the player to shoot anywhere, not just in the four directions of previous games. The game also had context-sensitive controls, like for example, being able to jump out of a window or dodging attacks, and even finishing moves on weak enemies. It also had quick-time events, which if you don't do right, can result in insta-kills, and in one of the most traumatizing moments for me, uh, <laughs> when Leon would get chainsawed to death, like really early in the game. Um, you couldn't even quick time out of those. You just had to be away from him. Yeah, I, I messed it up somehow. <laughs> um, the plot is so dumb, uh, just to put it fairly. <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah. wild how dumb it is. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, it's that old school video game meme of, are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president? <laughs> Except you say, are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president's daughter? <laughs> uh, but it's done completely seriously. There's nothing tongue in cheek about it. Uh, the president's daughter is kidnapped by a weird cult and taken to Spain, so Leon is sent to rescue her. When he arrives, he finds the angry possessed villagers and weird monks called Los Illuminados. Turns out the angry villagers are angry because they're possessed by a mind-controlling parasite known as Las Plagas. And Leon is injected with it too. And the president's daughter too. And they're going to use her to inject the president himself with Las Plagas. <laughs> There's more to it, but you can see this is a clear departure from other Resident Evil games and also very, very dumb. you got to uh, put Leon's pronunciations in here. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I want to talk about for a bit is how this game is one of the top betrayals of all time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I said earlier, this was originally supposed to be a GameCube exclusive. It was part of the Capcom 5. It was the crown jewel of the Capcom 5. It was going to save Nintendo and the GameCube. And yet, Capcom pulled a Joe Biden and said, I never said $2,000. <laughs> it was always $1,400 checks. And it was announced on October 31st, 2004, that Resident Evil 4 would come to the PlayStation 2 in the same year, in 2005. And even though all but one of the Capcom 4 would be ported, Resident Evil 4 is the one that hurt the most because Resident Evil was a flagship third-party franchise, the kind that made consoles. So the prospect of it being only on the GameCube was a big thing. But ultimately, it just it didn't end up being the case. It came out on the PS2 even in the same year. That being said, Resident Evil 4 took a long time to make. It had a lot of hype. And it changed so much during its development. But when it finally came out, it changed not just the franchise, but action games as a whole. Introducing mechanics that would influence games for generations to come while also being a great signifier of who was actually winning this generation. Um, so yeah, that's a little about, about Resident Evil 4. Um, do you guys want to add anything about this? I know it's an iconic game. It was so groundbreaking that it just kind of like uh, boggles the mind <laughs> of, of all the, the different things it did. Um, but I don't know if this just comes out like later in all the other bits, but... Also, that game was freaking large. It was long. Yeah. Um, so not only did you have the feeling of like, this is a really good game, but like, this is a good game that's earning all of my, what was it, 50 bucks at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 49.99. Yeah. yeah, going back through it, I was like, because I did it in, in little, I did it way faster than I did originally, obviously, because I'm <laughs> trying to do research for here. Yeah. And so seeing it all like in a, in a short span, I was like, really? This is the game that like I really loved from this generation? But I mean, like I see all the influence and I, I still love it and, and respect it. But it's like, uh, it doesn't hold up to a lot of the other ones that we've gone back and look at. Like, I even think I even like Ace Combat more than this one in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, but I think this game is 
it's a very clear like before and after yes. of, of action games where it's just like okay everything after resident evil 4 has something of resident evil 4 on it um which is which is huge and uh I just can't get it. To me, the biggest thing about it is that it, it was a, it was a betrayal of Capcom, <laughs> of the most foul uh, <laughs> type. Never play uh, the Street Fighter again. <laughs> so yeah, let's go into the critical reception. Uh, critically, the game was a hit. It has a Metacritic score of 96 out of 100 on the GameCube, which is tied for the second best reviewed game on the console, along with The Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. And the only game that got a, a higher review score was Metroid Prime, which is, I mean, that, that shows you how good this game is. On the PS2, it's tied for the second best reviewed game with Metal Gear Solid 2 and is only beat by Grand Theft Auto 3. And oddly enough, the top reviewed game on the PS2 on Metacritic is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. It's a great game. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems weird <laughs> to me. Um, yeah, Nintendo Power gave it a perfect score and said, quote, possibly the best console video game ever made and definitely the standard that horror titles will be measured by for years to come end quote GameSpy gave it a perfect score as well and in his review ryan o'donnell highlights how this game does away with the survival horror genre saying quote forget everything you know about survival horror in fact let's forget the tired genre completely that lethargically paced subset of adventure gaming has overstayed its welcome almost as much as a control scheme that powers the title that represented while the best entries in the genre still remain somewhat interesting, the GameCube remake of the original Resident Evil is definitely a rewarding experience, for example, none have presented gamers with enough distinctive gameplay elements to distance themselves from the titles that founded the genre so long ago. End quote. So I put, I know this is a larger quote than usual, but I thought it was super interesting to highlight the fact that Resident Evil broke the genre that Resident Evil founded. Um... And it did so like in such a great way that nobody really cared <laughs> that it broke the genre. The king is dead. Long live the king. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was just like, oh, cool. We don't ever have to do that again. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, both Maxim and Stuff Magazine gave it perfect scores. And Maxim actually said something I agree with. They said, quote, be afraid. The intelligent, fast-moving fiends who stalk Special Agent Leon Kennedy will almost make you yearn for the embrace of old-fashioned, brain-hungry cadavers, end quote. <laughs> so that definitely happened to me because these villagers freaked the crap out of me <laughs> all the time. Um, EGM and IGN almost gave it a perfect score with 98s. And one of the lowest reviews I could find actually came from GamePro. Ooh. So notoriously difficult reviewers, GamePro, uh, ever the editorial hard asses. Uh, they gave it a 90 or a 4.5 fun factor score in GamePro uh, scale. And in his review, Major Mike said, quote, Resident Evil 4 is a superb game that reinvents the tried and true mechanics of the series in important, innovative ways. Plus, it's creepy as hell, end quote. Um, so, yeah, in terms of Game of the Year awards, it won Game of the Year for the 2005 at the Spike Video Game Awards. And Nintendo Power and Game Informer also gave it overall Game of the Year. It won GameCube Game of the Year pretty much everywhere else, like GameSpot, IGN, GameSpot, all of them. It was like the best GameCube game of 2005. Uh, the International Game Developers Association nominated Resident Evil 4 for their Best Visual Arts Award but lost the award to Sony's Shadow of the Colossus. And Shadow of the Colossus, I think, also swept the International Game Developers Association award that year. So, I mean, not a great, not a bad game to lose to. Shadow of the Colossus is iconic and also great. But um, yeah, Resident yeah. Evil 4 was critically acclaimed, to say the least. Especially Big year for great games with shitty control schemes. <laughs> uh. Could have been worse. It could have been like old school Resident Evil. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Uh, Sales-wise, Resident Evil did okay. Worldwide, the game ended up selling 1.6 million copies on the GameCube and 2 million on the PS2, which is like, what more do you want, Capcom? That's just, just come on. It's 400,000 copies. That's okay. You don't have to betray. Uh, I'm, I'm still not over it. Um, and by 2020, it had sold 10.4 million copies across all the platforms. It's been released which includes the PS4 and Xbox One. So, I mean, it sold okay in the generation. Overall, it's like it's been on every console pretty much. Uh, so it sold 10.4 million, which makes it the third best Resident Evil of all time, um, which is impressive. 
going into some behind the scenes or trivia. Uh, like I said, just now, Resident Evil exists on every console known to man, pretty much. So it's been ported to the PS3, the Xbox 360, the Wii, the Wii U, the Nintendo Switch, the PS5 and Xbox One. Uh, I mean, the PS4 and Xbox One. It's been ported to Android and to iPad. It's pretty much everywhere. Um, another little the PS4 version plays on the PS5. So there you, well, there you go. It's on the PS5 also. Um, another little piece of trivia. And I remember this. Uh, Newbie Tech released a mm-hmm. chainsaw-shaped <laughs> controller based on the enemy in Resident Evil 4. And it's it's a hideous chainsaw that somehow they take the best, most ergonomic-feeling controller which is the GameCube controller, and put it in a chainsaw, thus breaking it. But um, yeah, I remember that thing being on sale at uh, GameStop, and it just it looked weird. It'd be a cool little collectible. Even yeah, it's, it's, on sale. It's, it's meant for your, uh, for your bookshelf, not necessarily to... To play with. Yeah. I remember being a thing where um, I think somebody posted a video of them being really good at Smash Brothers with that controller or something, <laughs> just to prove a point. Um, another little piece of trivia is that this is the last Resident Evil Shinji Mikami was officially involved with. So the guy created the franchise and this is the last one he touched because after this one, he left um, Capcom. Yeah, so, yeah. People say that it's because of Capcom's betrayal because he was like adamantly against it. But um, I couldn't find any definitive proof of that. <laughs> but in my heart, I want it to be true. Um Another little piece of trivia is that the story is supposed to take place in Spain, but the Spanish spoken by the village people is Mexican. Like it had some Mexican dialect. It doesn't have the same accents, uh, which for me works out. But furthermore, the currency used throughout the game is the peseta, which is curious since Spain had switched to the euros in 2001. Um, So it's weird. They're using an outdated coin and they're speaking Mexican dialect, even though it's set in Spain. It's all very, very strange. Um, this one's weird. It's the, quote, best-selling survival horror, survival horror game in the 2012 Guinness World Records Gamers Edition book, uh, which means something, I guess, at some point it did. <laughs> as Wait, as a librarian? Last come out? <laughs> oh, Last of Us. Um, I'll look it up. Sorry like for interrupting your point. Seven <laughs> to eight years ago? <clears throat> yeah, it was on the PS3 first, right? Yeah. Yes. 2013. Okay, they they got it by one year. <laughs> what were you gonna say about uh, the Guinness oh, World yeah. Records book? As 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 a librarian who actually deals with a lot of these Guinness book records, uh, they're they're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. I remember. I don't know why I have this record. That's the record that I always go to. Is uh. The internet's most downloaded woman was yes. Cindy so, Margolis. <laughs> you know, like the end of like a high school yearbook, you always have like the pages in color and yes, like, the year yes, in yes, review. Yes. That's what Guinness World Records is, basically. Just <laughs> uh, a year, a uh, like that VH1 show, uh, like I love the '80s, <laughs> but just love like culture. Yeah, and and you gotta pay to get on it, right? I think I'm officially a. I have a Guinness World Record uh, like certificate or something for participating in the world's biggest secret Santa. Uh, but I think I remember paying for that. So I don't know what that means. Um, it's perhaps a good way to get yourself like a Twitter blue check. Yeah, I should try that. I'm going <laughs> to send that to Jack. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you can, maybe I can turn it into an NFT. Uh, the last little piece of <laughs> the last little piece of trivia is that Resident Evil 4 scared the crap out of me and it took me forever to finish it and as I replayed it for this it's still pretty scary <laughs> uh, with all you due get, respect Rod yeah. I, th- I think you're a weenie I, yeah, I, yeah I agree it's just it's something about the screaming in Spanish I just I, I don't like it it's, it's bad and the monks I've always had a thing about scary monks so this game is just like perfect uh, but uh, scary Napoleonic stunted growth men. <laughs> Are you talking about the uh, what's his name? The little emperor guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with Napoleon. Uh, it's the monks that get to me. Um, so yeah, did you guys find any trivia or anything like that that you want to bring up before we move on to our questions? As far as uh, em- embarrassing 
admitting embarrassing things goes, uh, my dumb brain always associated QuickTime events with the QuickTime software. <laughs> so, and I, like, I guess I always thought they were programmed in QuickTime. Like, I, I, man, I was dumb. <laughs> my understanding of this was real bad <laughs> back then. Like, the other thing I found was uh, Carolyn Loris, who voiced uh, Ashley Graham, was Sandra Cheeks from SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. I, I think I found that too, but I was just like, wait, is that the, that's a squirrel, right? Yep. Yeah, she goes by Sandy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into our questions. Our first question is, what is your favorite moment or thing about this game? Adrian, why don't you start us off? What's your favorite uh, thing about this game? I think the favorite moment is where uh, you're already, I think, in the castle and you come across the blind Wolverine dudes mm. um, uh. and they react to noise, but you have to get behind them to shoot shoot the weak point. <laughs> um, and the when they add two of them, that really uh, yeah. changes the dynamic. I think the the easy thing is just to say like the first chainsaw dude, yeah. but I think the the thing that really like made my palms sweaty was when the game put you in a pit with two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's I... what this game does well. It's like escalates and like okay, you learn how to deal with this remix. We're gonna add another twist to this and have you react on your feet right now and improvise a solution. Yeah, I agree. That's something that I, I, in the design of the game, that I really, really appreciate where they introduce like a, a way to defeat an enemy and then they like just ramp it up on you uh, so that it doesn't feel cheap. But it's like you like you had a, I had a hard enough time dealing with the first chainsaw guy. Now I got to deal with two of them. Um, but it, it, it felt earned like it didn't feel it didn't feel cheap. And they do that throughout the game, which is just really, really solid design. Um, what about you, Joseph? What's your favorite thing about this game? Yeah, I just to agree with Adrian there, when I was playing through the playthrough that moment, I was like, man, I don't know if I remember some of this. And then, yeah, when you have those two of them, I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely remember this part because <laughs> I hated this part. I don't know how many times I played it the first time. Um, but the moment that lives with me was the the first time the one of the parasites comes out of like Ganado's head. Like you're already on edge trying to figure out what's going on. And I think I might've gone out of order originally too. So I popped a dude's head like when I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and then it's just like panicking. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Trying to like my brain shouting, kill it, kill it. But I'm like, what happened to like, I'm, I'm really interested in this. And yeah, it was just, it, it's cool. Like the, the things that it throws at you unexpectedly. I think the other, well, my most, I've, I've said it again. The chainsaw guy was like my first unexpected moment. I didn't expect it to be that graphic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, the my favorite thing about this game is I like the idea of this game more so than the game itself, to be t completely honest. And that's because I was at this point, I was like, I had already processed the defeat of the Dreamcast as the machine that I had like sworn my allegiance to. And then next came the GameCube, right? By this point, I already had a PS2, but I saw it as like my side um machine yeah it's just like but the gamecube that's the one and by this point the gamecube was already floundering it was it, it was gonna die right and resident evil 4 was supposed to save it and it was gonna be like the game that made people come to the gamecube finally um like yeah and it, like a, a gamecube exclusive from a triple a studio a triple a franchise all the hype around it everyone was super excited and then the announcement that it was going to go to the PS2 as well just crushed me. But for that moment, like those months before, like in between the Capcom 5 announcement and the PS2 announcement, I was like, Resident Evil 4, just you wait. It's going to be amazing. And I didn't like I knew it was going to take me forever to beat it because uh, I'm a scaredy cat. But I just that whole moment, it just had so much promise and it was going to turn everything around. And it's, it's the idea of the hype of a game. Um, I don't think any other game has had as much hype for me unrealistically as this game had. And it was mostly because I think after this is when I fully gave up on the idea of a console war. It's just like, you don't have to pick a side. If you can get wherever it is, just get the game, right? Uh, but I think this was truly the last time that I was overly hyped for a game. 
um, and had like my my flag, my GameCube flag waving higher than ever before, and then was crushed. I picture I mean, young Rod on the forums. <laughs> yeah, just, that's just now. Resident Evil. We got Resident Evil <laughs> with your uh, with your signature. Yeah, my signature. <laughs> you know what my signature was for a long time? Uh, I had Master Chief on one side, and then it said something like "old and busted," and then I had Samus from Metroid Prime, and then it said "new hotness." I remember that to this man, day. Man, what a flame lord! <laughs> you better believe it, man. Uh, are you, uh, you mentioning like the thing with um, Mikami leaving, um, mm. and it, it feels like the it has the energy of that he left because he disagreed with it. Yeah, uh, he left. Um, what studio did he um, create? Grasshopper. Uh, Clover Studios. Okay, Clover, and mm-hmm. now Clover got then was purchased by Bethesda, right? Yeah, eventually they were, I think. Then Bethesda was now being purchased by Microsoft, <laughs> and the game that he's working on, which was exclusive for PS Five, like Microsoft said, like emphatically, we're not changing that. I wonder if it's it's that is being like that decision is being informed by what happened with RE4. Also, yeah. Of like, we don't want to piss this guy off because <laughs> he could just leave. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm like I said, like I kept on finding stuff that it's just like, yeah, he he was really upset by it. Because um, he gave his word. Yeah, that's what it was. It's just like, like it was. I would rather word. die. <laughs> yeah, and. For that, I'll always respect them. But um, yeah, that that Capcom Five saga was a huge uh, event or a huge ongoing saga in my uh, posting days uh, before Tumblr. The Game Pro forums, man, that's where I fought the good fight. <laughs> I did not know that Game Pro had forums. Yeah, they did, man. I I was the game uh, game FAQs forums were too. Uh, I don't know if the correct word is educated but they were too well informed for me i had to go to game pro to just be able to speak from the soul from the, from the heart like it had to be emotional instead of yeah kicked off. Uh, uh, which leads to our second question what is the worst part of the game joseph why don't you start us off what's the worst part of this game for you quick time events uh it's a pet peeve of mine that this is still around i i hate them in games they they've make games a worse game like if you're showing me a different render and something that looks like a cutscene don't expect me to push a button because then i just have to play this moment again and then you just ruined the story like sorry kojima screwed you guys if there's a cutscene it could be an hour it could be 10 seconds don't expect me to interact with it uh and it's just the thing that like it was still in the new spider-man game i was in a couple other new stuff like i don't mind like the tapping stuff but we again when i have to replay these moments in a story it's just annoying to me and it's the height of it. Like, uh, yeah. God, of, God of War just had come out, and it's... Yeah, yeah it yeah, was, it was like... the new thing that everybody was doing here, too. And it, I mean, I remember it in this... Maybe, I don't know if God of War came out first, but this is the first one that... This is my first big exposure to it, and it was just, like... It was just annoying. And I hate that it's still a remnant of this time. Alternate is Leon's dialogue, which is terrible. <laughs> Most of the dialogue in this game is absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> I think the only bit of believable dialogue is when you um, try to look up uh, Ashley's skirt and she calls you a pervert. Everything else <laughs> is utterly unbelievable. Um, Adrian, what's the worst part of this game for you? Uh, it's the antiquated controls, I think. Mm. While the camera is revolutionary for the time, I hate, capital H, hate that I can't walk while <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it changes the pace yeah. of it's so it's still clunky in in the same way like the games were um were with their tank controls. Yeah, it, it's like it, it was on like the two yard line of like being f- like phenomenal and like evergreen basically. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it just took one iteration after that to get it to where modern games are at. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the biggest thing is how, how just obnoxiously dumb it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think of this, the, like the, the, the state of mind that it puts me in is when you remember a, watching and really loving a movie in your childhood or in your adolescence, and you want to share it with your significant other 
and you put it on and immediately like oh no this is terrible uh this isn't going to translate well at all <laughs> my old memories and the way it it like washed over me then is completely different recontextualized now yeah. and you'd look over to see like their reaction and realizing oh no this is bad for them as well what have <laughs> i done um is the same way of playing this again of like why am i taking a roller coaster ride in a castle <laughs> why am i running away from this big marble mechanized napoleon dictator <laughs> what is this game <laughs> like it, it felt like and it's overly long like yeah. there's like a whole like the last act on the island just i get that you have new enemies and all that just snip it you're done <laughs> um it, it's so it, it feels a little overly long like they needed to edit themselves a little bit game's still a masterpiece and whatnot but like the hope diamond is a hope diamond uh <laughs> because th it it's cut well yeah i think that's one of the big lessons from here like we saw it in wind waker we saw it here and then i think um even Knights of the Old Republic has a little bit of spots where it's just too repetitive and they just wanted to have too much game in there at some point. I think it's I, it's definitely something from the era where it's just like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a lot of the dialogue around games was how many hours is it? Yeah. It's like, is it an 80-hour game? Is it a 60-hour game? I remember one of the knocks on Rez was that it's an eight-hour game. Like literally eight-hour game was a phrase that was thrown around like as a derogatory term. So I feel a lot of these things are just to make it a 80 hour game for a triple A title or whatever. Yeah. Which uh, is kind of missing the point at, the, <laughs> at this time. Like res doesn't need to be an 80 hour game. It's the fun that you have like playing repetitive and, and beating yourself over and over again, which is like what they learned for the indie games and the generations after this. Yeah. I, I think going back to what you said, Adrian, the, the most offensive thing about the dumbness of it. <laughs> is that it's being totally serious like the game like i don't i, I at least i would don't you recall want seeing, it to not though i would want it to be like yeah we know this is dumb like a, a like a i don't know a, like a, a week and a nod yeah something <laughs> like that like sometimes um kind of like twin snakes when they realized like when they were playing the hits you know like the memes that were coming <laughs> like ocelot would look at the at the camera and stuff yeah. like that so i think that would have made it a little better uh but the fact that it's just like it's so dumb and it's totally serious i think it makes it more egregious at least in my eyes so it's like a contrast between it and like the tone like you're yeah. just commenting on like man the blood on my decapitated body was really really <laughs> yes. dark like yes. they're going for one thing Yes. But at the same time, in the same breath, like, okay, enjoy this roller coaster. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it was very, um, like, dissonant in that sense. Um, See, as the only pro wrestling fan, you got to buy into it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, that's my worst part of the game. Uh, you kind of touched on it, is the disturbingness of it. Uh, I I didn't, like, the chainsaw, the, the Leon's deaths were super graphic if you do things wrong, and I would do things wrong all the time. <laughs> um, and they were very, very graphic. The, the ganados, the villagers cussing at me in Spanish, like... I understood every single word that was said at me. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't want that, man. Just just stop. Like I <laughs> I get enough of this. Yeah, I get enough of this at school or whatever, right? Um <laughs> it, it it was just it was a little too much for me. Um but mostly it's because of that dissonance where it's just like I'm waiting for the next horrible thing that I'm gonna see and um riding a roller coaster or doing something like I don't know, like the roundhouse kick even looked weird, like the animations and stuff like that. Just um, the whole disturbingness of it was the worst part of it for me, especially that dissonance that it caused with this utterly stupid story. <laughs> and the third question, how did this game age? What parts of it aged the best or the worst aside from the graphics? Uh, what do you think, Joseph? Um, I mean, I was mixed on this because there's a bunch of stuff that I didn't like. Uh I actually played the port on the PS4, which also kind of skewed my view because that port is terrible and the camera position just messes everything up. Um, but the controls was like was terrible, as Adrian touched on. Um, not being able to quick change your weapons when you like, especially in a game that has such limited resources at points. 
Uh, the story was terrible. Like, it, the, for such a great game and such a revolutionary game, there's not a really lot of good things to point to other than a lot of the changes that they implemented. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Adrian? What, how do you think this game aged? I mean, it it's the grandpapa, right? Of, like, Gears <laughs> and Dead Space and, like... Last of Us, all these... Good. Yeah, and even like I even think like Fortnite, like it has like a the similar kind of like angle on that camera. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I think every uh, every action game after this had like the offset um yes. character like to, uh, offset from the center just to give that that angle. But uh, again I I said earlier like it just it left enough for it to be iterated on mm-hmm. to spawn half a dozen like subgenres. Yeah. B- or some sub mechanics uh, based off of that. Um, but the thing that I'm trying to think that aged the best, I'm, it just might be a idiosyncrasy with idiosyncratic thing about me is like, I really love the inventory management. <laughs> the grid. Yeah. Give me like again, give me an iPhone game that's just inventory management, <laughs> um, and how well I am able to Tetris that. Uh, it, it's just a, a subtle thing that I don't even know if they like know that it's like a dopamine drip. <laughs> yeah, it's like a accidental like uh, thing that they made. Yeah, because you can definitely spend a good chunk amount of time just trying to Tetris everything in your inventory to fit like one more thing and whatever. <laughs> um, I remember trying like, uh, like sketching it out at one point, like on a, on a, like a grid thing and be like, what can I do here? And, and not being able to do anything more than what I already had. Um, but I agree with you. I like, I call this like the proto modern game where it's just like, um, everything is a, a handful of iterations away from being, uh, a modern game um specifically the smoothness of it and i think that's what aged the worst um just the fact that you can't aim while you're walking the trend like everything would just be quicker the like there wouldn't be so many quick time events the animations would be quicker when you're uh moving from like you know the finishing move to being able to walk again or when you're going from walking to being able to shoot everything would just be much smoother and and but other than that, it's it's like it's a proto modern game. It's it's every game now. It's Gears of War, like you said. It's Dead Space. So, in that sense, I feel like it aged well in the sense that you're like, oh, I can see how this became something. Uh, but it also aged badly. Just the fact that it's super limited, and I don't know if it's even by the by the technology or something like that, but. The, its smoothness is what did not age well at all but everything else is kind of like oh i can see these like these motifs or these notes here it's just they're played better later on mm-hmm. um and i also think that what aged the worst is gender mm. uh expressed in it um it's still in this generation and it's, it's still the ada wong bullshit of like why do, are you how is this red dress with like the one slit going up to your hip practical (sighs) in, in any of this? (laughs) Um, And this is where like the, the football is then like, like taken by another development team gets like the dynamic shown in resident evil four and then like brought a little forward. And it's the dynamic is the dynamic dynamic between Leon and Ashley. Yeah. That's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where she's completely passive. Like when a when a fight happens, she hides mm. uh-huh. and doesn't do anything for you. But then like that so that trope, that design, um like edict is then like advanced in something like Naughty Dog's Last of Us. Yeah. Where Ellie at least helps you in some regard. So yeah. or like Bioshock Infinite, uh, where yeah. Elizabeth mm-hmm. being like the passive um compatriot of yours gives you ammo opens up a little like like tactical opportunities for you to unlock while and and this doesn't it it just it feels it leaves that um 
Like, pick up a gun, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, no, I like, yeah, like I said, I feel like this game was played by almost every game developer. Yeah. Um, because it's those things where it's just like, oh, we could just do this. Like, it's a, it's a handful of iterations away from being a, a, a fully modern game. Um, which, again, it's something that's like, it's a theme for this generation where it's just like everything here and older is old. But everything from here forward is kind of like, oh, yeah, this is what games are. All games kind of look like this, only better or bigger or faster or whatever. But all games kind of look like this and behave kind of like this. Um, right. And it started but, it's, here. but it's still stuck in the middle. So it's like um, mm-hmm. uh, in WandaVision, uh, Rambo going through like the 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 like the hex or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, going through the hex. Yeah. So like the the version behind her is the old version the yeah. version before her is going to be like the superhero but she's like in the middle yeah 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 totally that's 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 what most games in this era are but especially this one uh because of how much influence it had um but yeah let's go let's go to our fourth question which is kind of tying into that like what is the legacy of this game uh in gaming and culture at large and i'll take this one first because I think that Resident Evil 4 dismantled survival horror as a genre. Uh, like after Resident Evil 4, it's just action games. That's it. There's no need for a whole genre built on the limitations of previous generations. So like in the Twisted Metal Black, I spoke about how I think car combat as a genre was built on the limitations of the machines. Uh, because it was like you couldn't really simulate speed well enough on those old consoles. But now on like the new ones going forward... You can do speed, so you don't need car combats anymore. Um, so before, you couldn't process or render backgrounds to make something scary. You had to go with, like, weird camera angles and not being able to shoot everywhere. So it's like all of these obstructions are where the fear was born in. But now you can move past that. And with Resident Evil 4, it just dismantled that completely. So... There's new Resident Evils, but they're they're like not survival horror in the old way, right? Where it's just like it's really the controls that are making things scary because you have no control. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's that's the big thing. It like it just killed survival horror. Um, what do you think, uh, Adrian? I think part of its legacy, like you're right, like I think it completely reconfigured people's expectations from what survival horror is. Mm. Um, but I also think it wrecked the expectations of what Resident Evil is from like the ground level. Um, and it left Capcom kind of chasing the dragon, not knowing exactly, (laughs) exactly where to take Resident Evil of like, okay, you like survival horror, but you also like this action. So we're going to lean in on the action and make Resident Evil five. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like that. Okay, let's add in more zombies then. Let's add in actual zombies. Oh, you didn't like that in Resident Evil 6? Well, shit, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah. I and, guess we'll make it first person? Yeah. And then they're um, so, remaking. Now it's like, well, let's just remake it, Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah, and so it it kind of, the success, the, the huge success that this game had and it being such a, a huge like inflection point for Capcom and that team, it it's a tough act to follow. And it seems like they've been trying to find that groove again, mm-hmm. sometimes to the peril of the IP. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird that it, it was so good at being Resident Evil that it kind of killed Resident Evil uh, <laughs> as, as a result. Um, what do you think, Joe? What do you think is the legacy of this game? Uh, I mean, for me, the legacy is just what we talked about as far as like the influence goes. Like, like you yeah. said, like so many, so many people played this. Like, from establishing the camera, the quick time events, which are still around. Like, yeah, you guys already talked about it. People like Druckmann played this. Like, we don't get Last of Us without this game. I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the legacy for me. But also, I. I just kind of wrote down that this really made people take the GameCube a little much more seriously. I mean, I know that <laughs> and you touched on it before too. I know, and I know that the betrayal happened, but like it was an exclusive, 
And it took time for it to get ported. It had a non-zero yeah. effect in getting Nintendo to to the Wii, I think, for sure. Yeah. I another thing that I kind of think is a legacy is that Resident Evil Four was one of the first games to be remastered in like later uh, generations. Like it was remastered on the Wii and remastered on the Wii U. Yeah. And Capcom really milked it. Um, and now that's a thing, right? Like every Wii U game is getting remastered on the Switch, and uh, everything gets released on like on the PC, like I think Zone of Enders was recently just remastered on the PC or re-released on Steam. So I think Resident Evil 4 showed that. And it kind of goes back to that thing of like from this generation on is where most games are playable, like because they have modern elements. Like it's like this is where games became what they are now at this time in this generation. Um, But Resident Evil 4 especially really, really, um, like it's been on everything. It's like it's the remastered game for everything. I think um, it's probably coming soon to Tesla. You know, since they're doing <laughs> video games or something like that, you're gonna be able to play it on your Model S. Uh, what was the other soon. game that we said was the most uh, ported game? Uh, I, think... I think it was in season one, but I don't remember. Let me look. Let me look. Uh, Adrian, did you want to add anything else to the legacy of it? Um, no, I think. I, th- I think we mentioned them. Oh, Crazy Taxi was also ported to a bunch of places. I think that's the one we might have been talking about. Yeah, maybe. Because but Crazy Taxi Resident- was even on Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah. Resident Evil 4 and Doom, are, I think, are just like the famous, it's on everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so now our fifth question. And we kind of, I think, answered this already. But is this the peak of anything, of the studios, of the generation, of the people involved in it? Um, what do you think, Adrian? Uh, it's hard to say, um, especially looking at it with like Mikami. Yeah. Um, just he's had so many bangers, and yeah. uh, like, how do you weigh this against the significance of RE2? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Uh, yeah. Or your. Uh, your your beloved beautiful Joe being a, a producer on that, yeah. Or uh, Steel Battalion, man. <laughs> yeah. We still need to get one of those. Yeah, we still. I've I've yet to meet someone who's played it, but that is a goal of mine. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, as as much as I think, uh, his like that studio's work on the other Resident Evils, this feels like it's such a a, a touchstone. Mm-hmm. that has lasted over a decade and I think will continue to do so. Mm. Especially it once it gets remade, like it's going it to reintroduce itself uh, with 4K HDR and all that stuff to, to a new kind of set of gamers. Yeah, and, and hopefully this time they actually have Spanish accents and not <laughs> Mexican dialect. Uh, what do you think, Joe? Does this represent the peak of anything? Yeah, I, it's got to be peak Resident Evil. Uh, maybe uh, peak GameCube popularity. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know hype. about you guys, but I don't remember anybody else really like talking about GameCube stuff much other than this in the open. Yeah, I mean, not anyone that was cool. It was just me and Andy <laughs> talking about Wind Waker all the time. And then me and you separately. <laughs> yeah, talking about uh, anything else. Beautiful um, Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you because maybe there may have been better Resident Evil games, but I don't think Resident Evil was ever more significant than in Resident Evil 4. Um, and like Adrian said earlier, they're trying to get back there. Um, and, and, and like they're remaking things right now and stuff like that. But I don't, um, I don't know if they'll ever reach that height again because it just represented so much. It was all the hype and the fact that it, changed so much of the games afterwards like i I really don't think resident evil has ever been more significant and it'll be tough for it to be that significant because the franchise doesn't mean that much anymore um sadly for capcom or or for survival horror fans i think i mean i think it means something else Mm -hmm. i think the new uh the new one that came out um six and then coming now seven Mm -hmm. or is it seven yeah. and eight? Anyhow, uh, that it's it just took a detour, and it's it's now trying to be something else. 
um, the very same way like RE4 was trying to be something else as compared to RE1, 2, or 3, or Veronica. Uh, so they're, they're just sailing on different kind of waters now. Because those, cause those games are scary as hell, like the new ones. They are a different beast. They operate... They barely... Like, they vestigially talk about, like, the, the canon overall. Mm, okay. But it's inventing kind of, like, new tropes. And it's it has a whole new style of, like, mechanics at its disposal. Mm. And... I didn't finish it because I was the weenie. At that <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna have to take your word for it, Adrian, because the way you're describing it is uh, is scaring me right now. <laughs> is it more and like Outlast or like some of these other ones? Where yeah. You're like, okay. And I didn't have PlayStation VR. I have PC VR stuff, and I am still super bummed that they haven't ported it to a quality premium VR headset because <sighs> that's how I want to play it. <laughs> so you can be really terrified. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, at the onset of the pandemic, I got the shit scared out of me by uh, Half-Life Alex, oh. and I, I'm chasing that high again, and I need Resident <laughs> Evil to be on PC. Uh, yeah, I don't, again, the, the, more insights into uh, what a weenie I am. I still get freaked out by Mr. Freeman. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, crap. Oh. I have another peak that this represents. I think this is peak PS2 stealing everything that's ever good. Um, <laughs> because the PS2 was this behemoth of a success that sold like four times more consoles than the GameCube or the Xbox and whatever. And eventually anything that was not first party was going to end up on the PS2. But this one really hurt um, just because of and all the And it had like a two-year lead. Yeah, but I mean, still, it was just like... I. The fact that it came out on the PS2 and I could no longer use that in my GamePro.com <laughs> uh, forums, uh, debates. Or I, I think by this point, I might have also been on the Penny Arcade Games and Technology forums. But um, yeah, I just... It's I, 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 I get the betrayal, but I personally, nothing is, is uh, such a heartbreaker for PS2 stealing a game from another console as PS2 stealing Half-Life from the Dreamcast. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that was a big deal and then um it came out on see like it's it came out on the PS2. It's just the PS2 stole everything that was ever good. Um, I was that kid calling every 2 weeks into games into electronic electronics boutique yeah. asking if has the date changed has the date changed has, <laughs> and they would say no ma'am it has not. <laughs> Oh, I remember the uh, the reveal that Half-Life was going to come to the PS2 and they had like wireframes of how much more detailed the models were on the PS2. I mean, at that time, I was just like, that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what the PS2 did. Um, so now our sixth and final question. Uh, how would this game work or look like in 2021? What do you think, Joseph? I mean, I assume literally it's the next Resident Evil, but the demo is sitting on my home screen and I haven't been able to pull myself away from miles enough to play it. Um, but other than that, the only thing I could really think of was the, like going back to VR, it'll be, it will be the first game that establishes the genre going forward the same way this one did for, um, for these action and survival horror games. Because there's like... So many different, and I don't know that that's going to happen in VR because so many people are playing with it right now. But once VR becomes more widely adopted, I'm assuming there's going to be like standards or ways that games look the way that you're saying, like this one. Mm. And that's what the next one for that one will be, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Adrian? I mean, I think we'll find out what uh, <laughs> Resident Evil 4 will look like in 2021 um, yeah. with their H with their uh, remake. <laughs> that's that exactly. They, that they have to be making um, with the success of RE2 and 3 that they put out. It's going to be gorgeous. That engine that they're working on is, is really great. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's a hard, hard thing to pull off. And I don't think anyone there kind of wants to, I know I wouldn't want to touch it. It's yeah. such a sacred cow for like so many people. <laughs> yeah. Um, that 
that no matter what you do, you're going to, you're going to step in a landmine. Yeah. That's kind of what I, what, what I thought about it too, because it's just like, I don't, I, I don't want to be remaking like any of the, of the hits. Like I, I wouldn't want to do a resident evil four remake. I wouldn't want to do like a halo remake. Um, nothing like that. So what I was thinking is, um, and you guys feel free to shoot this down, but like, uh, a zag instead of like a, a where a it's zig. going yeah a zag instead of a zig um but it would be to actually make the next resident evil a slow deliberately broken survival horror game again so kind of going back to to what re1 2 and 3 code veronica were, where it's just like just the four directions and you have pre-rendered backgrounds or whatever. Um, but the way that you justify it is that it's kind of like a game where you're controlling a robot or some sort of rover or something like that, that is on Mars. So there's, de there's this delay between when you input commands and it actually happens. Um, <laughs> and it's limited because of the bandwidth to send messages across space. So, that's the whole reasoning behind why it's so buggy and you can only like move in four directions and do so things, but you still got to deal with zombies on Mars or whatever like that. So kind of dead spacey, but like, that's why those controls would be limiting. And that would be, um, I guess the horrendousness, just seeing like the opportunity Rover get demolished by Mars zombies because you can only control it in an old school resident evil two way on the PlayStation. Um, because, yeah, I think to remake Resident Evil 4 is a tall, tall task. So I think that's an interesting idea. Like, what? how does Resident Evil 4 look like in 2021? But what if it's within, like, the vacuum of what if the RE4 that you and I know didn't happen? Mm. What if RE1, 2, 3, Veronica happened already and now they greenlit a RE4? Mm. So there's no uh leon there's no ashley there's no ganados how does that game exist in 2021 and i think they take their cues from from software oh like a sekiro type thing yeah like make it tough as balls <laughs> really messed up art like art, the art direction is just grotesque yeah uh and by making it grotesque and le leaning in on that area, you don't have the the Napoleon kind of silliness <laughs> that yeah. comes with it. Um, but then, then that like poses the question of what does a a Souls like game look like with a gun? Yeah, what? and you kind of get that a little bit in like Bloodborne, but, but but maybe that's the answer. Maybe maybe it looks a lot more like Bloodborne. Were Resident Evil games like ever difficult besides just their controller scheme? Because I don't I don't think they ever were. Like I stopped playing them because I would freak out and I had to take a break, but I don't ever remember them being difficult. I think not not overly so, no. Not necessarily, but it's if you want to see everything, then mm. it becomes difficult. Okay. Of I in order to unlock hunk side quest at the yeah. end of the game i have to beat it in under two and a half hours right yeah um that's a tall order when your playstation that you got for christmas didn't come with a memory card <laughs> <laughs> yeah then it's peak anxiety at all moments yeah uh, yeah so i mean i i think that's interesting like a from software ish resident evil like bloodborne or, or sekiro with a gun or something like that um, but I guess, I guess we're going to see, we're going to see what Resident Evil 4 straight up looks like in 2021, um, because Capcom is going to try their best to recapture the magic. And, yeah, if, um, if I'm able to walk and shoot at the same time, pre-order, pre I've only pre-ordered <laughs> like two games in the last decade, but that'll be a pre-order. Take out the cutscenes and allow quick change weapons. That's my requests. Quick change of weapons would be cool. If, what if, what if, uh, you can walk and shoot at the same time. But the grid for inventory is gone. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Fair exchange. Yeah, I want to be able to shoot from the roller coaster. That's the only thing I want to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's it for Resident Evil Four. Um, 
truly uh, like a touchstone game, an iconic game, a game that changed everything that came afterwards. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us uh, talk about it. And if you like this show, share it with a friend, leave us a review. Um, but yeah, thank you. And we'll talk to you guys next time. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.